As your mayor, I have to say there are way better cities in Tennessee. Nashville, Clarksville, hell, even the Tri-Cities beats the brakes off this overpriced, overhyped, wannabe hipster Southside thing we got going on here in Chattanooga. Hey, I love a good craft beer too, all right? Just spare me uh, with the endless brewery tryhards around here. This town has really lost its way, if you ask me. The Hotel Chalet, uh, pardon me boys, is that the Chalet choo-choo? Give me a break, guys. It's the worst thing the Choo Choo has done since they ran off Brian Joyce and his fantastic nightclub, The Blue Light. And now I have to deal with this county mayor, Weston Womp. Don't even get me started with that guy. And speaking of things that annoy me, the most listened to podcast in the city, Stone on Air, has started using AI, and we're all doomed. What the hell is that? Stone on Air coming up. Completely unsanctioned by the church. Stone on air. Whatever, let's just do this. Stone on air. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Give human beings opportunity, and you'll be absolutely shocked with what people do with it. Stone on air coming up. Stone on air. And welcome in, everybody. It is the Stone on Air podcast for November 9th. 2023, and as you heard from the digitally created mayor of the city of Chattanooga, Tim Kelly, yes, I have stumbled into the world of artificial intelligence. It was only a matter of time, and yes, we might all be doomed. That and plenty more to get to on this week's show coming up next. find this show each and every Thursday for this year. It'll go back to a Wednesday download starting in 2024. My name is Brian, and you'll find me on all social media at Stone On Air on uh, all of them. Hit me up on any of them for any reason, and we'll go from there. So thank you so much for finding the show just like you do each and every week, and going to have a little bit of fun on today's Show. I'm not going to give it away uh, what I'll have for you in the second segment of the show. It will be silly. It will be fun, I hope. I thought it was a lot of fun. I'll uh, spell it all out when we get there. Um, but I think you'll enjoy it. And it all started because of this new, uh, for me anyway, here in this specific go-round with this new Beatles song that was created with uh, AI and other computer technologies and uh, all that I'll lay out in the second segment of the show. In the final segment of the show, I wasn't planning on, I said it last week too, I specifically said I wasn't going to talk about the time change this year because I've done it every year for a decade and a half since I've had a microphone to talk into twice a year and there was no reason to. Well, as this week has gone along, I now think there is reason to, and I might have a little bit of a secret that I need to let out, and it might expose me slightly for being somewhat of a fraud of the last few years. Now, to my defense, I didn't realize it until recently, so I didn't do it purposefully. I'll try to make it all make sense in the final segment of the show. On the tail end of the open, I'll get you three pieces of audio. The probably good idea, the long shot idea, and then the worst idea. And um, I really was struggling to find much here locally. It's been kind of a slow uh, last couple of weeks. And I've got a few things here for you uh, in the open. And that's why I was kind of bouncing around all over the place trying to find something, you know, sometimes I'll do TikTok audio or just, you know, the internet all the way around audio and just find silly, stupid stuff and really couldn't even find a whole lot of that because many of these apps suck. And I'll get to Instagram here in just a minute. I do want to start with, I never talked about the passport issue that I had. I used a third party um, service that really is designed to pretty much trick you. It's not a scam. It's absolutely legit, but you have to jump through the hoops properly or it doesn't work. And I I kind of got got by this site and I sp- I paid the money and I filled all the stuff out and I sent it. It goes off to Philadelphia and I dropped it off at the post office 
and I did all the steps I thought, and then I get something back in the mail pretty quick, like way quicker than uh, than you're supposed. To, well, I would have guessed anyway to get my the passport processed and and sent back to me. And it turns out that that site was not again not not legitimate, but. I had to do more than what I had done. So instead of, of even trying to figure that out, I started over the process from .gov, whatever, and then went back to the other site and asked for a refund, got my money back, and it all worked out fine, and the passport came in the mail today. It's I'll be in Cancun for Christmas uh, the last week of the year. And so that is a little bit of a stress kind of thing. It was hard to keep a follow-up on and um so be careful if you're doing anything out there there's so many third-party sites that are actually legitimate but they are designed to look like official government sites and um i almost got kind of screwed out of probably a around a hundred or so dollars but i was able to get the refunds and in the end i'm good to go so we're a couple days now removed from the small amount of elections here, uh, this go-round, um, very few across the the country. I, I'm not going to get into any of them much, at all, or at all, actually. If you care, you already know. If you're a Democrat, you're pretty happy with the way most of them have gone. But I just want to make a, a mention of Kentucky. This is a weird state, man. I mean, they are just to our north. I, I've only driven through the state before, and I think I've only done that once. I've never been, you know, anywhere there, anywhere near there, really. Um, it's a weird-ass state. So they've reelected their Democratic governor, but they have a legislature that's, I don't have it in front of me, but mostly uh, Republican, and they uh, voted for Trump twice, double-digit points above the opponent, whether it was Hillary or Biden. Double digits for Trump, yet they vote now for a second term, a Democratic governor with a GOP legislature. I, 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 it blows my damn mind. And I'm not going to give them credit for being any kind of progressive state that somehow thinks about things and having vast uh, open minds is something that Kentucky is known for. What an untrustworthy state. And um, the turnout is not very high for the governor race, and that's part of it, I guess. But if if your state has trouble with voting participation, it's because your state's stupid, and your state is you know intellectually uh, void. It's not diversity or some kind of out of the box thinking. It's uh, numb nuts and dimwits. So, Kentucky, weird, weird, weird. So I went to the Mox game, the football game, on uh, Saturday, and I've spent a, a little bit of time on it and said that they'll never get the crowds that they're hoping for, and once again, they didn't, and it was probably even less of a crowd as I was expecting, and I wasn't expecting much, and of course they lost, and that's another thing that this university's football team does, is that every time they have a chance to make a statement game, when they have a playoff position to be had or a conference to be won, they generally lose and let the small fan base that they do have down. And they did it again on Saturday. I had a great time, um, met up with a, a couple of different people, watched the band and the pregame stuff, tried to, you know, it was a beautiful day, tried to get into it as much as I can. But the place is, it's just, I mean, I'm not going to say it's boring because I like to watch Mox football and I like to hang out at Finley Stadium. But if you were to just be like a bystander who just was like dropped in and just said, hey, take a look around. What do you think? They'd be like, the place is dead. I mean, it's a morgan here. Um, now, I, that's a little bit of a little too harsh, but it's. I don't know. I don't know how you generate the excitement. I know one way that would help is if they would win the big games that we hoped that they would, but uh, they didn't. Afterwards, I walked around um, the Choo Choo campus. I went to get a coffee at the Frothy Monkey, and I thought, I have not been on the campus in a long time, and they've been doing a lot of work that I am still want to get uh, a first-hand look at, and I've already talked to some people who run run the place, and uh, I've asked if I could take a tour on a lot of the work they're doing. 
there's new owners now. There's a, a lot of things changing. And the, the Chattanooga Choo Choo is another one of those properties in the city of Chattanooga that I absolutely love. And I don't get over there enough. So I walked around. Still a lot going on in the Glen Miller Gardens. It's still pretty much just construction zone. They have this one little stretch of um, artificial turf that leads to like this concrete slab that I, it might be a foot high kind of rectangular looks like it'd be perfect for a small little show if you wanted to set up a couple PAs, some guitars drums bass the whole deal there'd be plenty of room for that i don't know if that's what they're going to use it for but it certainly looks like it would work just fine and um you know it's still hard to tell exactly where things are going because they're still a long ways away from being done with all that but it was nice to get my uh, eyes on there for the first time in quite some time uh let's see uh I'll get you a couple of local things here in a minute. First, I want to stop on this for a minute. Instagram is a wreck. It is awful. And that's what I mentioned on the front end when I was saying I'm having a hard time sometimes finding anything worth a damn because a lot of these algorithms are just not working the way they did. And Instagram has really jumped the rails. It went from what I loved about it, uh, basically just an online scrapbook, to this wannabe digital content creation platform that is full of just that, wannabes, or as they're called, tryhards in uh, youth lexicon. And it's just cluttered the app up. And I don't really get to see all that much, and I don't get that much engagement like I once did. And, of course... This from, uh, what is it, CNN. Executives ignore the damage Instagram does to teens. Meta whistleblower tells Congress. I just saw a commercial running by who knows who's paying for it, a PSA kind of thing, showing a lot of the numbers that these apps are destroying our youth. They're destroying our, our adults, all of us, but certainly our youth. Tuesday's hearing once again places Meta in the bipartisan crosshairs of Congress which has long struggled, struggled to come up with laws and regulations for social media in the face of industry lobbying. First Amendment concerns, and in some cases, substantive policy disagreements between Republicans and Democrats. Meanwhile, both parties have united behind blaming Meta for contributing to a nationwide mental health crisis. Yes, if there's anything we can all, whatever political party you want to pretend to try to be involved with, we can all agree on Meta, as amongst all these other tech companies and AI and chat GPT and everything else, is contributing to a nationwide mental health crisis. And it, that is not an over-exaggeration. Uh, a bunch of problems here with the Lookouts Stadium and the south side, the down on that end, uh, redevelopment project. I don't have all the numbers in front of me. Chattanooga's new lookout stadium site under scrutiny for potential lead contamination. I saw some numbers that were talking about some cleanup for the entire south side area, not just that uh, the old Wheeland Foundry property. From It jumped from like 20, 30 million to like 120, 30 million. Um, I love Mayor Kelly, and I will always be a fan. I'll always be a supporter, but that rush to push through to get this funding for this development has been a disaster and it's only getting worse. And if anybody thinks they're playing baseball on that site in the spring of 25, which would be 12, 13, 14, 15, barely over 15 months from right now, just stop. Just enough. Enough of that foolishness. It's so, and that's fine. That's okay. Just stop saying it. It's not going to happen. And the amount of money it's going to take just to get this site prepared for development is looking to be staggering. And uh, these numbers on this don't tell exactly. Just quick Google search if you want to know, and you certainly can find it. Um, coming up this weekend, the Book of Mormon is going to be at the memorial. I was considering going. I've seen the show before. But with the Tivoli being closed, I missed when that happened. When the Tivoli closed and they moved everything to the memorial, people don't realize how much bigger the memorial is than the Tivoli. So any show that they're going to be doing at the Tivoli, they're now putting at the memorial, and then they're just dra- they're uh, curtaining off the upstairs. It just looks weird. It feels weird. I don't like being in a room that is 
like artificially designed to be smaller when it's actually bigger, right? It just, it just doesn't feel right. And then I looked at the ticket prices and then said, um, yeah, no thanks. And I don't have any free uh, connections there. And uh, let the, what else? Oh, one more here real quick. The, this is from the Chad Nugent last week. Bikini Bar gets letter of reprimand from Beer Board. Uh, the Silhouettes Bikini Bar on East 23rd. I don't feel like I'm going too far out of bounds here to say that this is some kind of storefront for some kind of organized crime of some sort for a long time. It is East 23rd Street, for crying out loud. Uh, Bikini Bar, they've been in trouble before because they had actual strippers when it's not supposed to be a strip club. And they only have a beer license. And for some reason, somehow, the beer board went in and found a ton of moonshine in this place. Jesse Raymond Kenzie Jr. is his name. And the only reason I'm familiar with the guy is because we try to deliver beer to him every week. And he's almost never there because it's not... It's... I won't even begin to speculate. But anyway, uh, they find all this moonshine. And he says, I wish I want to get the uh, exact quote. Where is it? Uh, I don't have it. He says, basically, I don't drink, but I collect moonshine. Um, okay. Even if that were true, if you didn't drink, but you collected moonshine, I just, I, I I would feel so stupid saying that out loud because I wouldn't be- expect anybody to believe me. In other words, it's not true. He said he had a birthday party and a bunch of people, since he's such a well-known moonshine collector, brought him a bunch of moonshine and he forgot to take it home. They've uh, since worked out whatever the issues were and the Silhouettes Bikini Bar on East 23rd is still open if you would like to spend your weekend there this weekend. My guess is you don't. This is today's first piece of three audio. I'll get you here to wrap up the open before we get to pay, uh, all the fun with uh, artificial intelligence. This is the probably good idea. It's really, really short, and I just ran across this the other day and wondered what it was. It's from a uh, social media account called Chatta Matters, and this is just one of their uh, like uh, about hype clips. It's very short. Let's explore what really matters in our community. Welcome to Chatta Matters. We ask the most basic and most complex questions about living in Chattanooga. Follow us on social media and at chattermatters.com. And what stuck out to me was that it's really well done production, video and audio. And um, I, I haven't spent a lot of time on it because I just stumbled on it here recently. At Chatta Matters, they have 2,200 uh, on Instagram 141 on TikTok. Now, I'm still dancing on just shy of 200. It's very difficult to get followers on TikTok. Uh, YouTube, they have 298. Uh, I guess it's likes or uh, follows. And then on Facebook, they have 426 likes. So still very much an upstart. And the story or the answer to where does it come from, it is created by the Enterprise Center in partnership with the city of Chattanooga. So it's basically just going to be a a site a social media intended to hype up Chattanooga all the time I thought it was something done more independent but it doesn't look like it was this is today's long shot idea if you think you have what it takes to be 680's next big fan well this is your op we're looking for fresh voices to take over the podcast space at 680 The Fan. Good news for you is we're seeking young, eager, and unique duos or trios. We're giving you the opportunity to be the next big voice. And one podcaster's dream will be brought to life, where you'll record, edit, and post your podcast to the 680 Podcast Studio weekly for 20 episodes. This is really a very cool idea. And if you've been looking to break into the business, this is a huge opportunity to submit your podcast ideas or demos to take your shot at becoming Atlanta's newest podcaster at 680 The Fan. Apply today at 680thefan.com slash next big fan. Again, that's 680thefan.com slash next big fan for your shot at podcast stardom. Podcast stardom. Now that's 680 The Fan in Atlanta, a radio station I listen to every single day. And I submit it even though I'm not young, I'm not very eager, and I don't have a duo or a trio. It's just me. But I entered the contest and I'm beyond qualified for this 
uh, glorified uh, internship. Um, but, hey, you never, ever know. WCNN, a massively huge signal in Atlanta. It would, it's a dream radio station of mine. And we'll see. I doubt anything will come of it. And I highly doubt they care to have some 43-year-old dude up in Chattanooga commute an hour and 20 minutes to Marietta to do a podcast about the Braves, Hawks, and Falcons. But if they choose me, I'll do it. I promise you I will, and I'll do it well. And this is today's uh, worst idea just because I felt like we needed to have one. Her name's Cody Sanchez. Um she is the CEO of Contrarian Thinking, a multi-million dollar media company that provides lessons and resources on how to invest your money and become a deal maker. And in a more uh, unconventional way, th- from a millennial standpoint anyway, um, you'll have to do a little more research on that if you want. But this is um, a-, a post she had on her TikTok, America 2.0 It's today's worst idea. Wonder why so many young people don't trust the system? It's because this is America 2.0. Brainwash kids for eight hours a day until they're 18. Tell them they have to go to college and go 100K in debt or they'll never succeed. Make student loan debt unforgivable, more expensive yearly, and yet their parents' tax dollars go to those same schools. Make it illegal to have unpaid internships where you actually learn rather than just theorize. Pressure the top performers to go into two of the most uncreative jobs out there, Wall Street and consulting, or idealize startups that will require sleeping on floors, racking up massive debt from VCs so one out of 10 of them can end up on the cover of Fortune, then get mad at them for not working hard enough and quiet quitting when they can't afford houses, they hate their jobs, and their loans keep stacking. If that doesn't keep their heads down, then send them to war in a foreign land. We have to fix America 2.0. That's why kids don't want to keep playing this game. And no further commentary on that. And the final one here, dog saves family from burning home Tuesday morning. A Chattanooga family's pet saved them from a house fire. The dog, Jack, went up to lick his dad by licking his face to let him know something wasn't right at their home at the 3500 block of Jerome Avenue in East Lake. This story is not true. And that is the conclusion of the open. Fun with artificial intelligence is coming up next. Stone on air. We'll be right back. Oh, darling, what juicy gossip I have for our listeners. The Beatles have released what they're calling the last Beatles track, a new release from the band created with the help of AI technology. Giles Martin co-produced Now and Then with Paul McCartney and Jeff Lynne from Electric Light Orchestra. They worked from a demo recorded by John Lennon in the late 70s. Essentially what the machine learning does is it recognizes someone's voice. So if you and I have a conversation and we're in a crowded room and there's a piano playing in the background, and we can teach the AI what the sound of your voice, what the sound of my voice. It can extract those voices. You have to have the raw signal to be able to do it. We then put everything that we've separated back together and we do a thing reverse in the phase, which means it's exactly the opposite, like a mirror image, and it cancels out. If it doesn't cancel itself out, it means that things have been added or taken away. The best way I can put this is like, you make a cake and you give me a cake, and I will then give you all these separate ingredients back and they'll be exactly the same weight and measurements as you, as you put in the cake. That was uh, one of the producers. If you're a Beatles fan, likely you've heard the song by now. I saw a lot of people talking online in the comments section of they were crying, weeping, oh my God. As you know, I hate the Beatles. It's not true. I don't hate the Beatles. The song's called Now and Then and How AI Helped Them Make It. Now, it turns out this isn't as much AI as it is just um, digitally remastering and adding more tracks and more vocals along with it. There's uh, AI technology used because it exists and it works better than what was there before. If you remember, uh, 30 years ago or more, maybe closer to 40, uh, the Nat King Cole um, and Natalie King Cole, uh, the the unforgettable, all they did was just sing that song together with her late father's uh, vocals, and that's easy enough to do. Uh, Leonard Skinner did that with a song called Traveling Man, 
as far back as I believe, I want to say 97 or 98. It was in the late 90s. I, I do know that because I was seeing Skinner a lot then. And they brought in Ronnie on a screen, the, the deceased brother from the plane crash, to sing one of the verses while Johnny, his brother, the lead singer of the band since 1980, I don't know, seven or so, um, sang the other part. So the same kind of thing, really not that amazing of technology. And I'm surprised it hasn't happened more and why uh, Leonard Skinner picked such a crappy song to do it, I don't know. But I thought that was an interesting way to describe, though, the way some of this AI stuff works. It's like if you take a baked cake... It's like reverse engineering. It pulls out all the ingredients and puts them in the exact measurements, the flour, the eggs, the, the frosting, you know, whatever else, however the hell you make a cake, and it pulls all those ingredients out so then you can rearrange and recreate that cake you know, that digital uh, baked item that he uses a, a cake as the example, I thought that kind of explained it as well as, as it could. And so I just started looking into why, how did this come about? And this is from CNET.com. Now and Then was written by and sung by John Lennon shortly before he was murdered in 1980. He sat down at his piano in his New York apartment and recorded the track onto a boombox. Paul McCartney received the demo tape in 1994, and the lack of um, the technology at the time, there was nothing he could really do with it. There is um, a little bit of pushback from, well, more than a few people. One of them being uh, Britain's Telegram calls the video, which I did watch, and it is a little weird, but called it chilling and an act of digital necromancy. Uh, The video trickery is that Lennon's son, Sean, and Harrison's widow, Olivia, both sent in old home movie footage. So there's the video aspect of it and then just the audio aspect of it. Uh, Lennon's voice, though, that's why I don't find this to be as much AI as it is just digital uh, recreation. Lennon's voice wasn't faked. It's actually his voice singing the way he did into that boombox. They were just able to enhance it to a... Uh, a professional mastered version for the song. And let uh, what else here? Just a couple more things. And they have a another video that's on Disney Plus that uh, is kind of like the documentary, the making of it. McCartney ponders whether Lennon would have wanted them to finish the song. His decisive answer was yes. He would have loved that, quote-unquote. Sean Lennon echoes McCarthy saying, quote, my dad would have loved that because he was never shy to experiment with recording technology. And so I have been thinking about doing a segment on this AI chat GPT stuff eventually once I knew a little more about it. I still don't know all that much about it, but I know enough now to do this. And I'm going to have fun with it here in just a second. Luckily, I got all my giggling and laughing out of the way that I won't uh, uh, chuckle all over it, I don't think. But what disciplines make up the field of AI? This is from who knows where. I don't know. I don't. Uh, GSUglobal.edu. Well, they use machine learning, deep learning, neutral networks, and they define all of these. I'm not going to bore you with all of it. Uh, cognitive computing, natural language processing and computer vision and these are all very detailed analysis of of what these all uh, mean i'll give you a new a neutral network it's a process that analyzes data sets over and over again to find associations and interpret meaning from undefined data neutral networks operate like networks of neurons in the human brain allowing AI systems to take large data sets, uncover patterns amongst the data, and answer questions about it. So, see, I mean, it's a lot of jargon. So I went to the place I always go when I need something uh, dumbed down, and that's Reddit, and it's explain it like I'm five. Explain E-L-I-F, excuse me, E-L-I-5. How does AI machine learning work, and what does it do? Initially, artificial intelligence and machine learning 
are not the same thing. AI, by definition, includes the fields of natural language processing, computer vision, and knowledge representation. ML, which is machine learning, basically makes complex math equations called models via a process called training. Training requires a computer to read lots of data, 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 which can be thousands, millions, or billions, or trillions of data elements and try to create a model that predicts outcomes based on the training of that data. Final here, it says AI is a big field and machine learning is only part of it. Unfortunately, it's damn difficult to simplify it enough to a explain like I'm five level. But a lot of modern AI models are convolutional neural network models or CNNs. That's a particular style of neutral network. All right. So enough of all that. So I'm sitting around thinking, what can I do with this to have some fun here locally? And I watched some YouTube videos on some of the best AI generative apps and websites. And I, um, I just picked one. I don't even remember what 11 labs, 11 labs, excuse me, I think is what it's called. And so I just started playing with it. And I started this last night at around 10 o'clock at night and thought I'll spend an hour or two on this. Next thing you know, I look up and it's 2 a.m. And I'm just having way too much fun with this. So this is all a gag. This is all me just having fun. All right. Make sure everybody understands that. But you are going to hear in just mere moments, artificially intelligent, created digital versions of Mayor Tim Kelly County Mayor Weston Womp, longtime radio talk host and now current podcaster Jeff Styles, and our own musical brilliant Nick Ludsko, all right here on the show, and we'll start things right now with the first one I put together, and I'll tell you how I did it once we run through them all. This is the first one. It's not the best one, because it was the first. I got better as I went along. This is AI Digital Chattanooga Mayor Tim Kelly. I want to say that while I'm really proud of what we accomplished at the Chattanooga Football Club, uh, I've really grown tired of the product. Uh, I mean, look, Finley Stadium is nice and all, but the Red Wolves Stadium is way better. And frankly, the product on the pitch is much better, too. Their dirt parking lot and view of the never-ending construction on I-75 is breathtaking. The lack of shade and shelter is never a problem during the southern summer months. And come on, it's located in East Ridge, possibly the most up-and-coming neighborhood in Hamilton County. <laughs> Certainly beats the brakes off this overpriced, overhyped, wannabe, hipster, Southside thing we got going on in Chattanooga. Hey, I love a good craft beer too, all right? Uh, just spare me with the endless brewery tryhards around here. This town has really lost its way, if you ask me. The Hotel Chalet, pardon me, boys, is that the Chalet Choo Choo? Give me a break, guys. It's the worst thing the Choo Choo has done since they ran off Brian Joyce and his fantastic nightclub, The Blue Light. And now I have to deal with this county mayor, Weston Womp. Don't even get me started there, geez. And speaking of things that annoy me, the most listened to podcast in the city, Stone on Air, has started using AI, and we're all doomed. And so you heard a lot of that at the beginning, and I had a better one, and I didn't have it loaded up. But it's basically the same thing. Well, you know that AI Digital Weston Womp wasn't going to take too kindly to being called out by the city mayor. Our county mayor had this to say. Yeah, I'm, uh, I heard what Kelly was saying about me the other day. I mean, it's fine. Listen, we all know that this soccer thing has been shoved down our throats since we were kids. The truth is the sport sucks. Nobody cares. And really, Subarus, is there a more pretentious, hey, look at me brand of car on the planet? This is the kind of liberal garbage you get from a guy who goes to Bonnaroo. He's the mayor of what? Tennessee's little brother with an inferiority complex of a city in Chattanooga and they're whopping 150,000 population. They can't even keep pace with Clarksville for crying out loud. 
If Mayor Kelly wants to, we can get our press secretaries to fight it out on social media. Oh wait, yeah, he doesn't have one. Listen, Tim, this isn't a soccer team or a used car lot. This is Hamilton County, where the real local government is happening around here. Feel free to stop by my office anytime, and I'll show you how it's done. Damn, if I had the Friday uh, clip. Damn, Weston coming in hot. Uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, if I did this last night, it would have been like FM morning zany crazy dj guy who laughs and cackles over everything it was quite literally a situation of i crack myself up uh this one is from our guy local musician nick lutzko who has recently decided to take a little bit of a hiatus from his online content creation as he told me via text last week but this is a much saltier version of nick lutzko you know, I've been making incredible music in this godforsaken town since I was 15 years old. And there are still some dimwits walking around asking, hey, who's this Nick Lutzko guy? These lowlifes can't even get my name correct half the time. I go to D.C., New York City, Chicago, Los Freaking Angeles, and the crowds are like the goddamn Beatles at Shea in 65. <laughs> You'd think Elvis has entered the building when Big Nick shows up in your town but not Chattanooga. No, the feeble-minded, intellectually void types in this town wouldn't know a good song if Spotify reached out of their phone and smashed them in the face with it. So I've decided to take a break from my impeccable, literally award-winning online content creation empire and write some new songs. Not that this creative list city would ever appreciate such brilliance. When I do get ready to release some new material, I'll showcase it on the only podcast in the city that matters. The show, The Movers and Shakers Can't Escape, the Stone On Air podcast. Oh, well, thank you, Nick. Once you uh, come back with new stuff, at least you know you'll hear it first here. You heard it from the man himself, Nick Lutzko. And the final AI-generated digital version of a Chattanooga and a prominent Chattanooga is from Jeff Stiles, longtime talk radio host of about uh, nearly a quarter century. I worked with him for a little over a decade specifically, but closer to almost a decade and a half once upon a time. He now does some other uh, podcasting uh, ventures here in the city. But uh, some um, really just like really humbling uh, side of Jeff that I've never heard before. So I occasionally listen to the Stone on Air podcast because, well, everybody does these days. And with how old I am, I can't afford to get any more uncool than I already am. <laughs> really, if I'm being honest, the last 10 years of my radio career, I really wasn't trying. It's actually hilarious that I was able to fool everybody for so long. I'd say since roughly maybe 2006, I haven't had a good show idea more than a handful of times. Any content I created was designed and crafted by Brian. He did everything, really. If we had a good interview, Brian booked it, a good thought starter that lit up the phone lines, that was all Brian. And while I'm just laying it all out there, I have been just taking Brian's podcast every week and trying to repackage it as my own material on other much less listened to podcasts. The fact is, Brian Stone saved the back end of my career, and I am indebted to him for that. Well, thank you so much, Jeff, after all these years of feeling uh, very much uh, not appreciated. That makes me feel a whole lot better. So, yes, those were all created through, uh, again, I'm going on memory because I don't have it in front of me. I believe it's called Eleven Labs, and I'm sure it's got an app and probably works just fine. I use the uh, just the desktop version, and how it works is you have to have an MP3. I'm sure it might take some other audio uh, files, but MP3 is going to be the easiest for most people to get a hold of, of the person's voice that you want to create and it needs to be over 60 seconds it says it needs to be over a minute I don't know if 61 seconds is enough or not but at least over a minute and they say the more inflections and changes of tone of voice the better and it can't have any or at least for best results you want to make sure there's not any background noise 
You don't want there to be like a crowd with any kind of applause or someone else talking over it. And so for the average person who wants to do this, certainly is it's it's within anybody's reach. But to get that kind of that much audio, I mean, a minute to a minute and a half of somebody talking uninterrupted in an MP3 format is not something that just the average person walking around can do just super fast. I can, and so I did, and I found four who have audio uh, all over the internet, and it was very easy to put together. Doesn't have to even be sentences that make any sense. I mean, I chopped them up, and it's just got to be voice inflections, and uh, you, you plug that in to the generator, for lack of a better way of knowing how to explain it, and it has some things you fill out. One in particular is explain who this person is. So for like the mayors, I would put city mayor, mid-sized city in the USA, middle-aged white man. Um, Pretty much the same thing for Weston. For Jeff, it would have been a talk show host in mid-sized city. And for Nick, something along the lines of, Musician discussing upcoming music in interview online. Something like that. Just to give it as much context as possible for this AI generating to to take place. And then you just type out what you want it to say. And I spent four hours last night to make roughly five minutes worth of content because I and I I'll learn how to use it better if I continue to, to do that. I, I have a feeling I'll do another segment on this at some point down the line. But you know you don't you can tell in there it gets a little robotic, but the way you type it out, the way you add the, the correct pu- uh, punctuation and spacing and I, again I, I can't explain it well because I was just learning it last night and then you just hit generate. And boom, there you go. You've got a very damn near close to exact clone of somebody's voice saying off-the-wall stuff. I don't know why I decided to have the three of the four trashing the city of Chattanooga. I don't mean that in any kind of way uh, other than I thought it would be funny. You know, as much as, much as anybody, I, I love and celebrate this city. But I thought that that would be a humorous angle to take and um so there you go fun with ai here on the stone on air podcast from both the mayors nick Lutzko and jeff styles coming up next i have been accidentally lying to you for a little while now and i'm going to let that secret out something has changed and i didn't realize it until just the other day and a couple other news and notes on the changing of the clocks as we are now what four or five days into the uh, fall back category i forget is, is this daylight savings or did daylight savings just end i don't know doesn't matter i'll explain up next Copy that memo. At stoneonair.com. What are you talking about? It's 9.30. It's not. What? It's 8.30. Yeah. What? No, you forgot about daylight savings time. What the hell's that? You know, fall backwards, spring forward. I don't know what you're talking about. It's for the farmers. The farmers? To help with their crops? How? I think it's in the daylight in the, the way the earth rotates during the winter. Yeah, so they have more time. So who does this? Everybody. Everybody in the country does it, Taco. No. Except for Arizona. And Idaho. Right. I think. You do it twice a year at 2 a.m. on the Saturday. Well, Sunday morning. They, we all agree on one Saturday. Love you and everything, but you all sound super weird right now. And kind of stupid. <laughs> in time, 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 in time. Yes, very, very stupid. 
in time, time, time. Pull down the wrong one there. This is uh, Kevin Kenny's song called In Time. And it's just a little metronome. Going back and forth. Tick, 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 tick. So play on words. coming and starts to cry. Anyway, anywho, where was I? Uh, yeah, so the time changed, and most people are fed up with this. And I didn't get into it last week because I was just like, I mean, how many times can I do this? How many times can I spend on a radio show or a podcast talking about how much I hate this practice of changing the clocks twice a year so I'll just mention it and then move along. And then a very interesting thing happened to my um, to myself, to my, um, eh, what am I trying to say here? My biological clock, my inner clock. I found myself not finding this falling back of the clocks to be all that bad. As a matter of fact, I actually found myself somewhat enjoying it and I thought I was living in some kind of bizarro upside down parallel universe world I like the daylight as long as possible I always have I also like to stay up late at night always have I liked both and I guess in theory I still do like both But in the last few years, I have been saying that I don't care anymore. I don't care which time you want to keep. Because standard is the initial human construct of the clock, what, 2,000 years ago or whatever it was. Or 200 years ago or 2 million, billion years, whatever it was, right? And so standard time was the time. And then in the early portions of the 20th century, it gets erroneously attributed to Ben Franklin and other people who and when, where, I don't care about that as much. It's just somewhere in that time frame of the late 19th century and into the early 20th. Well, hell, Ben Franklin would have been way before then. Whatever. Whenever it was, at some point, we switched to this daylight thing and it had something to do with farming. And then it just stuck ever since it was if you'll remember probably 2010 maybe maybe 2011 something like that where the obama administration stretched it out even further the clocks used to change fall back before halloween and now it's in november used to be like early october and while the globe was in a financial meltdown, uh, they were just doing anything to try to save a dime or two here and there, whatever the reason, they extended it to where now it really is only November, December, January, February, and then we go right back to it in March. And so I did start to say, listen, pick whichever one you want, all right? I don't care. Because it used to be, I was like, I don't want to go to standard time. I don't like standard time. Standard time sucks. Well, the only reason I thought standard time sucked is because I had been conditioned to uh, pick a side. It's like a tainted pole. It's like a, it's like a, you know, there's only two answers to a situation to choose from when really there could be more like five, six, or seven answers. And it created this false sense of an opinion on something that I didn't need to have. And that's what it's done to all of us. You have an opinion on which time you like better. When in all reality, just whatever time you want to say, just pick whatever time you say it is right now, and then we'll just roll with it from there. And we can stop changing the clocks, and we will not have an opinion on this because we will have no reason to have an opinion on it. I meant to do the math. I never got around to it. But the time that the, the the sun will set, that we just artificially jumped it ahead an hour, would be more like about a month from right now. It was going to get dark at that time eventually. 
We just sped it up by an hour. And when you're living life in an ultra-fast warp speed where every day evaporates into thin air, that one hour feels like you have just dropped a bomb in my lap, whether it's for good or bad. Well, I need an extra hour of sleep. If you need an extra hour of sleep, take a nap. That's what I used to always say. I know it's more complicated than that. And so we, we create these very strong opinions that are worthless. They don't mean anything if we would just stick with one and roll with it. And so if you think about it, in the summertime, at the equinox, is that what it's called? Summer, summer equinox or summer solstice? What the hell am I talking about? Yeah, summer solstice. Sorry. June 21st, I think it is. The longest day of the year. If we had standard time, it would get dark completely. It would be dusk at right at 8 o'clock. Now, in whose world is it getting dark at 8 o'clock? Not enough daylight for anybody. That's plenty of daylight. And then I start to think about it from another angle. Okay, well, since we're in daylight savings or whichever one it is in summertime, and it's after 9 o'clock, it's 9.05, in whose world is it important that the sun stays out until 8 or 9 o'clock? We would not even think about these things if not for this additional human construct on top of the invention of the clock itself. The sun would just set based on the rotation of the earth and it would slowly change and you would never know the difference. And then all of a sudden one day you would wake up in December or early January in the Eastern time zone and the sun will have set at 5.30 and you wouldn't know any different except we speed it up with the dumb time change. And the secret and the line that I've been doing to you the last couple of years, I guess it's just taken me a couple of cycles to figure it out. When the sun does go down at 530-ish and, you know, almost to 6 o'clock, I have noticed recently that this whole week, my nights have felt like they have been twice as long. Like tonight when I got off work and I get off work early during in the wintertime, so that's anecdotal. But I got home at like 5.45 and the sun set. And it's now five minutes till 10. And I made dinner and watched TV and screwed around before I ever started doing the podcast. Normally, I'm hauling ass. I'm in a hurry. I'm, I'm, um, uh, my anxiety picks up because I've, I, I, it's something, it's a task that I need to get done. And I want it, to, it, it's just, it, the dynamic just completely changed. And I realized that this sun going down early thing is actually kind of good because I like to stay up later. And when it feels like it's late out early, then it stays late out for longer. Now, this is just my perception of time. This has nothing to do with the way your perception of Wednesday or Thursday went. And I was in rehab treatment facility when we changed the clocks back in March. And, you know, barely even went outside, so I didn't even really even feel it then. I don't remember how I felt about it last year. Likely, I was drunk as I could be because at the end of last year, I drank more than I ever have in my life because I knew I was about to stop. Last year was a bad year. And so then I go back a year before that, and I'm trying to think, what did I think then? And I think I still hated it. I'm not sure. But now I think I like it. And the bottom line is, I don't care. Just pick one and stick with it. And we won't have to ever talk about these things again. Just some stuff from Morning Brew here, and then I'll wrap up the show here shortly. Just about everyone, including sleep doctors, industry groups, lawmakers, and or anyone with a small dog or child, agrees that the biannual change to and from daylight savings time is annoying at best and incredibly disruptive at worst. Science tells us the time changes harm humans with studies showing a rise in health issues, car accidents, and even stock market losses in the days and weeks that follow. 62% of all Americans 
want to eliminate changing the clocks. But who wants daylight savings time all the time anyway? That would be the longer period, the longer daylight. Well, lawmakers mostly. It appears that if we're going to change the clocks, the government prefers darker mornings and brighter evenings. 19 states have passed legislation or resolutions to make daylight savings time permanent if Congress agrees. Goes on to talk about this for a little bit, and it's just it just stalls. It stalls every time because of the political climate and this disgusting government of the United States of America that doesn't do anything ever, and certainly not small things that matter to Americans. This stuff just sits on people's desks. I didn't know this until somewhat recently. I knew it before right now, but not much more before maybe last year. In 1974, the United States tried this. In 1974, they went to permanent daylight savings time, and it didn't go well. Following a national experiment, the U.S. quickly went back to the old ways since many citizens were concerned about their kids going to school on winter mornings that were darker than they were used to because of the changes. Now, in 1974... I mean, I know it doesn't sound like that long ago, but that was pretty primitive times compared to where we're at now. But worst of all, daylight savings messes with your sleep. Now, this is the argument for keeping it on standard time, the the time we're in right now. The American Academy of Sleep Medicine vehemently opposes the Sunshine Protection Act that's what the bill that's been pushed through the 19 states. They advocate for making standard time per- permanent for earlier sunrises and earlier sunsets. This is because, uh, what does it say? Many sleep specialists worry that switching might disrupt people's uh, circadian rhythm, the standard 24-hour cycle on which the human body functions. They claim that standard time is more in sync with humans' biological clocks, while dark mornings make it difficult for people to wake up. And that makes all the sense to me in the world. I have flipped. I have gone the other way. Give me more daylight in the morning and less in the evenings. I'm fine with it. I'm totally cool with it. And you know why I'm even more fine with it? Because that's what the goddamn earth does just going around the earth all by itself. Without a human getting involved, that's just what happens. Just let the natural marvel, amazing thing that is the galaxy, the solar system, let science do its thing. We don't need to come in here and start artificially intelligence it to something that it's not. So that's just about, you know, all I have for that right there. Uh, The main point of all this was I have been shocked this week that I have enjoyed my evenings far more than I thought I would. And here I am. It's now 10 o'clock. I'm done with the show. I still have two hours until midnight. That's when I start the, you know, countdown to getting to bed. I don't get up early in the morning, so I, I try to get to bed by about 1.30, usually push it towards 2. And um, I'm just, I'm shocked that I really like the way the clock is, fall, or the sun is setting right now. Um, but it's just silly. I mean, it's just pure lunacy that we mess with it at all. And we would never know the difference. We would never have to have studies. We would never have to spend all this money on scientific data and analysis and we wouldn't have to have our asshole loser uh, uh, actors in the political entertainment complex trying to pretend like they're doing something good for people by passing the Sunshine Protection Act. None of this stuff would have to happen if we would just would have never done it to begin with. And so we'll see where it goes from here. This I found interesting though. If Uh, daylight savings were to stay permanent 
for some reason in Indianapolis, but in Seattle, I get it a little more all the way across the country. But in Seattle and Indianapolis, at the peak of daylight savings time, the sun rises at 8.57 a.m. Almost 9 a.m. is how late in the day that the sun rises in Seattle and according to this, Indianapolis. I don't. I know Indiana, they do some things weird with their time zones in that state. I do know that's true, and I just can't remember what they are right now. That's dumb. We don't need it dark at 8.30 in the morning. It needs to be light at 8 in the morning. I I think we can all agree on this. Um, So, yeah, I, I think probably standard time is the way to go. And... Portions of the year, some of us will be unhappy, and portions of the year, others of us will, will be will be completely happy, but we won't ever know. We won't ever feel it. It will not affect us. It will not ruin our lives and our days, and portions of our fall and springs will not be disrupted. Let's just put an end to the madness. And that is the end of today's show. Hope you enjoyed it. I had a blast putting it together. And sorry I didn't have anything more important for you. It was a really quiet uh, news week the last week and a half or two. I've got three Thursdays left in November. Then I'll run you those replay, repackage shows in December and then get back to a uh, Wednesday download destination, midweek download destination for thousands in the city of Chattanooga amongst uh, also some new cool features of interviews and stuff that I have planned into the new year, which I'll talk about more as the next three Thursdays roll around. Thanks for finding the show. Love you to death. Mean it. See you later. Bye. And everything will be okay. Everything will be okay. Everything will be okay. Everything will be okay. In time, time.